International Leadership Summit 2012. Regaining Your Edge, Cutting Edge Leadership. Presented and hosted by Comeback Ministries International and Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. This year's conference features nine dynamic teaching sessions. This session is entitled Prayer and Fasting by Pastor Mark A. Stroud of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. Um, you can turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew 17. Matthew 17. And uh, as I was seeking the Lord for you and and just ministering to him, he didn't really give it to me where I would really instruct you on how to fast. Your own pastors or church leaders would do that for you. Amen. I may give you a little bit, but there are some hidden things that you need to get about fasting that I'm going to give to you tonight. Is that okay? Let's look at Matthew. Matthew 17. I guarantee you're going to really receive this tonight. Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. Let me read that, and then we'll go forward. Are you all ready? Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. And it reads, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a what? Lunatic out of the King James Version. You can underline that or make special note of that word lunatic. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft uh, into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Problem. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your what? Because of your unbelief of the King James Version. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, Ye shall say, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Verse 21, if you have it, come on and read with me. Ready? Let's read. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Help me pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your rich presence we stand in awe of you. We stand in awe of you. Help us to minister to you tonight. And Lord, we thank you for also ministering to us. Speak by your spirit and have your way in us. In Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. All right. As I was ministering before the Lord and, and really just spending some time with him and praying with you, I kept hearing, I kept hearing out of control freight train. 
I said, what, Lord? Fasting and prayer, out of control freight train. Fasting and prayer, out of control freight train. Fasting and prayer. I said, but I kept hearing it, and it kept resounding over and over and over and over, out of control freight train. I said, what do you mean? And, of course, we go here to Matthew. There's a father here in Matthew that we saw just a moment ago. His, his son, the Bible says that he, his confession about his son is that his son is a lunatic, right? Lunatic. It uh, means insane, but it really comes from the Greek word luna, which talks about the what? Talks about the moon. Lunatic also meaning moonstruck, or in some cases it can also mean controlled by the moon. Which means this is the father's testimony about his son. Now, here's a bad situation. His testimony is that uh, my son is a lunatic. In other words, he is affected by the moon. When the, when the big light goes down, when it gets dark, he changes. Somebody's going to hear this. When the lights go off, he changes. And he said, it said, Oft times, now this is, this is wonderful, look at this, it says uh, he's a lunatic, verse 15, he's a lunatic and sorvex and oft times, which means often, right? Which is not all the time, he doesn't act like this all the time, it's just sometimes. Sometimes this thing comes over him. And when the spirit comes over him, he loses control of his flesh. Now, here is his father, who is one of the members or in the family of the tribe of Israel. He's a people of, people of God, right? The Lord came to save his own, seek and save that which was lost. So he had some sort of relationship with God. He's Jewish, amen? Maybe he's going to the synagogue. He has a relationship. He's not like the Gentiles out there. He knows God. He's been hearing the Torah and all the priests and all these wonderful things. But he has a problem in his home. Problem at the house. There's something that comes on his son. One moment his son is okay. He may be playing with his ball out back somewhere, riding his big wheel. Everything is fine. But the moment the lights go off, he changes. And see, that's a lot of our conditions today. We're like runaway freight trains out of control. A freight train has a lot of power. You stand on the track when it's coming, bye-bye. You put your car on the track while it's coming, bye-bye. Put several cars on the track while it's coming, bye-bye. It's so powerful that it takes miles. If it has to make an emergency stop, it takes about a mile or two to finally stop. Out of control freight train. And one of the things that the Lord says, he said, this is the cure for that lunacy that's going on in your household. Here's the cure for that lunacy. Sometimes everything is fine at my house. Everything is fine. Then other times, all hell breaks loose. I don't know what's going on with my children. I don't know what's going on with my finances. I don't know what's going on, what's going on with my wife, with my, my husband. I don't know what's going on. Sometimes we're all loving, dubbing, and all in each other's faces and smooches and kisses. And other times I can't even stand to hear your voice. 
I'm coming down your street now. It's lunacy. This is out of control. Something changes when the lights go off. Controlled by the moon. He said, off time it casts him into the fire. Often, not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes into the water, not all the time. Sometimes. And I wonder how many of us have that testimony tonight. There's something going on in your house or in this house. A problem with the flesh. A problem out of control. Out of control. And someone is asking, Lord, help me find the brakes. Because there is a sin that easily besets us. There is something there that when you look at it or when it is brought to your attention, it sort of draws you. Draws you. If it happens, it's kind of like one of those cartoon characters when, they, when there's a meal over there and the smell, you know, that smoke comes and it grabs him by the nose and sort of picks him up and draws him off. Well, one thing that fasting and prayer does, fasting and prayer, we're going to talk, talk just briefly about the different purposes of fasting. One thing that fasting and prayer does, it helps you find your breaks. It helps you find your no. No is a very, it's a short word, but it's so powerful. I guarantee you, there are a lot of people on the news that wish that they had said no. They couldn't find their no when this thing was presented to them. And that's what's on the heart and mind of God tonight for us as it relates to fasting. The Lord wants to help you uh, to create a spiritual discipline that will help you find your no. If you help, if, you, if we would develop this discipline in the Lord, no would help us lose a pound or two. No would help us not get slapped by your mate. Not get talked about. Finding the no. Ask your neighbor, do you know where your no is? Listen, one of the most powerful things about fasting is when you, is when you can say no. Let's say it together. Come on. It's easy to say it when the lights are on. But wait until the lunacy kicks in. Something changes. And you see, we are preparing today in the light. We need to work while it's light because when the night comes, no man can do work. It's a little bit too late then. Because when the pressure is on you, when your flesh kicks up. Anybody know about your flesh kicking up? Ooh, when you, when you get that itch, that craving. Come on now, be honest with me in here. When it's there, I'm not saying that all, that all of you running after a skirt or a tight pair of pants. It could be for that piece of cheesecake over there. 
I'm not sure what I'm not sure what your thing is, but you got one. And while it's day, let's prepare. Let's find our no now. We need to confront these different things. And so one of the things that fasting and prayer does, it helps us to develop a spiritual discipline. It helps us to develop the fruit of temperance or that part of the fruit called temperance, which is what? Self-control. Oh, listen to that word. Let's say that. Those two words. Go ahead. Self-control. Let's say it again. Everybody. Come on. One more time. Come on. Temperance is not Holy Spirit control. It's not God control. Self control. Lord, I can't help myself. Self control. See, we once we begin to develop this part of the fruit, we can give that control to the Lord. Are you hearing me? But you can't give God something that you don't have. And through fasting and prayer, we develop temperance, self-control. That is, once, once you are tempted by this thing again, let's say I'm tempted by this plant right here. Ooh, Lord. Whew, I can't look at it. I won't, I won't look at it. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Oh, Lord, help me, help me. I won't, I won't, I won't. Lord, you understand, you understand, you understand. Oh, plant. Where have you been, plant? And then afterwards, oh, God, what did I do? Forgive me, Lord. Sobbing and, and a weeping. I don't want to do that again. But sin has a cycle. You need to hear this. There are cycles to sin. There's a reason why on some Friday nights the hips go like that. You've been out of that for a while now, but the body still reacts. There's a reason why we get a, you may have get the burning in your loins. I got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to. Different cycles, different times. You have to know your own cycle when you're hotter than other times. And when you're hotter than other times, you need to go and be by yourself. I want to come right down your neighborhood, right down your street. Because we're runaway freight trains. We've got a lot of power. You've got so much. Let me tell you about the power that you have. You have the power to stand in the way of a sinner. By our horrible witness. How many times have I even seen ministers and, and the lady comes up in the prayer line and she's <laughs> crying. But he can't stop. How is it possible? Thank you, sister. I got, got one person talk to me. How is it possible ministering for the Lord 
but cannot get our minds off of body parts. You see, you don't start fighting that battle here. You fight it when it's day. Are you understanding? If you find yourself beginning to turn and look too long, we deal with it then. Say, Lord, help me find the brakes. Come on, say, Lord, help me find the brakes. Developing the fruit of temperance. Hearing and fasting in prayer helps you find your no. No is not always talking. Hearing and not always talking about flesh and all these other things, but you may need to say no to some opportunities in some people. No, I can't come. I thought you were saved, and I thought you were going to heaven, or whatever, you know. I thought this, I thought that. No. No, I'm sorry. No, I can't do it. No. No. Are you understanding? Let's get into this very briefly. Five things here. Here again, fasting and prayer helps promote that spiritual discipline, helps to promote temperance, the ability to say no. It also cultivates a more intimate relationship with Christ. When you fast, that's your purpose. You want to get closer to him. You want to reach to him. Come on, reach out to him right now. You want to reach for him. You want to reach for him. Fasting and prayer, that's your goal. Forget it for a moment. Forget about the television. Forget about the plasma, the LCD, LED, OLED, whatever it is. Forget about the new iPad, about the car, new 300, the new whatever. Let's reach for him. Fasting and prayer, are you with me? The third thing is, uh, to, it helps fasting and prayer helps us to uh, become in oneness or helps bring us into a oneness and unity with God and also the body of Christ. The Lord Jesus prayed that in John 17, verse 20 through 22, that we be maybe one. That's our goal. I want to be one with you. I want to be one with you. I want to I want to be one with you. Four things, of course, it it breaks the yoke of wickedness. And ushers in deliverance. Look at Isaiah 58 and 6. Isaiah 58 and 6. It helps break the yoke of wickedness and ushers in deliverance over our lives. We need deliverance. You know, there are some things, you know, we, if someone, if, if we would chart, if we would chart, if I've heard people say, Lord, if I can just get over this one thing, I would be all right. If I could just stop doing this. I'll be all right. You ever heard anybody say that? Or have you ever said that? But see, that's just one thing that you know about. There are others. And it takes God to walk you through that. There are others. We're not that close yet. We're walking there. If you want to know how many things you got left, just ask your spouse or ask your friends. Ask your enemies. Let's move on. And of course, fasting and prayer helps break the cycle of lunacy. Breaks that cycle of lunacy. I'm affected by the moon. I'm affected when the lights go off. There's a change that comes over me. Now, let me give you this thing, and then we're going to begin to close out here. Go with me to the book of Psalm. 
Psalm, Psalm, rather, I'm sorry, Proverbs, Proverbs 15, verse 3. Just a few days ago, I was at a, was at a celebration at uh, the Word of Truth Christian Church. And a man of God was up bringing forth the word, and, and I heard this verse, and this verse has been ringing in my ear and ringing in my ear, and I know the Lord wants me to share it with you here tonight. You ever had something ring in your ear? You ever hear a bell, bing, and it just stayed, and it just stayed, and it just stayed, and it just stayed? Are you ready for this? Proverbs 15 and 3. Let's read it. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now, this verse can be seen in the negative, but it also can be seen in the positive. I'm not talking about the two parts of the verse either. The eyes of the Lord sees the evil. We think, hey, okay, that's negative. He sees the good. Hey, that's good. No, the whole verse is awesome. I can see very well, well, we say the eyes of the Lord are upon us. You know, he's in every place. He's seeing us when evil. Oh, God, don't look at me because I just ate of the tree. And I'm naked. And I'm going to go hide myself over here so that you won't see me. But there's something so much greater in that. Please hear me. Oh, God, I pray that you hear. Please hear. The Lord does behold the evil, evil done. He, he, he beholds his eyes are upon us, you know, and it says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The Lord does behold the evil that is done that we do. And he also beholds the evil that is done to us. His eyes are there. His eyes are there. His eyes are there to, to keep you. When evil is being done, he's, he's there to keep you and to deliver you and to rescue you from harm when someone is doing evil to you. And we say praise the Lord to that, right? But listen, and we thank the Lord that his eyes are on us when we're doing something good. When no one else sees, we thank God that he sees. Hallelujah. But there's something powerful here again about that first part. I don't want to go to the last. I'm going to go right back. The eyes of the Lord is upon me when I'm doing evil. Listen to this. The eyes of the Lord are upon us when we are, when we are, evil, when we are doing evil or in that evil place. He is there to restrain us from falling too deep don't you know that you can go down so deep and it would be hard or almost impossible if god didn't restrain you see yourself doing what you do when you do when you do it and see god right there the eyes of the lord are beholding it's the Lord saying 
holding you back. You want to go. You want to go. But God restrains you that you don't go too deep. Isn't that wonderful? Say with me, thank you, Lord, for restraining me. And listen, even though we allow ourselves to be influenced by the demonic, by the satanic or by the devilish, he does not allow that act, that moment to permanently entrench itself within us. He is there to guard you from being dominated by it. Think about that. When you're there, oh, plant. God is right there watching, guarding. He hates sin, but he loves you. And he knows that there is immaturity in us. He knows that because that's the only reason that we want that. We're immature, a bit lunatic. That we would desire something that we know would kill us. Isn't that lunatic? We know that the wages of sin is death. We know what it would cause. Disease. All these other things. We know what it would cause. But yet and still there's something in us that desires it. Lunacy. But God is there saying, I'm with you. I'm watching you. Even when you're over there romancing that. I'm there to hold you back, to restrain you. I refuse, the Lord said, I refuse to let this dominate you. As a matter of fact, he places enmity in your heart against it. He won't let it rest in you. There's going to be a, a, a warring and, and a shaking and you won't be comfortable. God said, I refuse to allow you to be comfortable in this. That is, if you are indeed born again. It's God doing that. He's there to make sure that you are uncomfortable, to make sure that there is a warring. It won't have you. See, see God being jealous over you. Warring, the spirit of God, warring. No, he's mine. No, she's mine. And there is a tug of war on the inside of your heart. And we're warring back and forth. And the Lord, I can, I can almost hear it in the conversation. The Lord saying, am I not enough for you? Do you have to have her? Do you have to have him? Do you have to have it? But he understands that there is a maturity problem. The only reason that we still desire that is because we have not yet grown. Sin is a maturity problem. We grow out of things. How many of you, how many of you still want to drive your big wheel or, or play with your action figures a little bit? There are some things we did when we were children. There's nothing wrong with it, but we just outgrew it. You learn more. You've experienced more. And now you don't desire that anymore. And as we grow in Christ, grow older in him, receive of his word, stay in his presence, he changes us. And as he changes us, we, no, we will no longer desire that. You know when you're delivered, not when you cease to do it, but when you no longer have a desire for it. Look for the desire. Do I have a desire? Be honest with yourself. Do I have a desire for this? If there is no desire then there is growth, then there is maturity. 
Are you with me? All right, let's go ahead and close out. Let me give you these two, and then we're going to go ahead and go. The Lord is also there as a constant reminder of who you are. As a matter of fact, when you are in sin, you want to hear God's voice, you'll hear it very clearly at that point. Very clearly. You hear his voice very clearly at that moment saying, hold up. Stop. Don't do it. And he deals with us so gently, so gently. Hold up. I told you. Stop. Come back. Come back. He deals with us so gently. And here again, through fasting and prayer, we'll have developed that temperance or that self-control. Not Holy Spirit control. Self-control. There's no excuse because the Lord gives us the ability through his spirit to say no. Are you with me? But it has to be developed. It has to be developed. We're not, we cannot continue to walk in the flesh or to walk after the lust of the flesh. No matter what it is. Fasting prayer. Now, typically when you think about fasting, you think about just saying no to food, going without food. But there are so many other appetites that we have. And when you truly fast something, you find it to be a hole in your heart. Something missing. You say, well, I, I, I can't stop eating because, you know, I got to take my medicine. All right. Don't get on Facebook for 30 days. Don't send a text for a week. Are you hearing me? Spend that time with the Lord. Don't watch television. Keep the TV off. Try that for a week. You'll feel how much you miss it or how much it was a part of your life. Give that to the Lord because there are hungers and cravings that are there. Leave the PlayStation, the Xbox off. Try it for a weekend. Are you hearing me? If you do that, you'll go we. And thank the Lord. Cutting off these things. There's nothing wrong with these things, but I'm telling you, when you give these things to the Lord, what are you doing? You're learning to develop the fruit of temperance, self-control. When you want to do that thing, you would normally be doing it. You say, no. What are you doing? You're developing that temperance. You're developing that discipline. When you can say no to the small things, saying no to the big things would be a whole lot easier. Let me say that one more time. When you learn to say no to the small things, saying no to the big things, will be a whole lot easier. I pray you've heard the word of God tonight. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. We are done.